0: Hello, everybody. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Homeschool Mom to Mom, sponsored by Moms for America. I am Allie Legg, and I am your executive um, director of Empower Moms here. And we have Liz Ackerman, who is going Mm -hmm. to be our host, as always, the host with the mostest, (laughs) she's perfect, she's great, we love to have her on here, giving you guys all of the goodies with all the wonderful contacts that she's able to bring to you and the information she's able to bring to you. We have a special guest today, her name is Jenny, and I'm just going to let Liz take it from there. I just want to say hi and thank you and Mm -hmm. welcome you to this lovely Monday afternoon. (laughs)
1: Yes. Oh, thank you, moms. Thanks for joining us. We always just love to have you. It's kind of like this big group meeting. So, yes, my name is Liz Ackerman, and we started our homeschooling adventure with our six kids back in 1982. My oldest had turned five. I had her registered for kindergarten because that's what you do, isn't it? And then, through uh, just blessing, um, we were shown that there was another way and we grabbed onto that and never quit. So they, all our kids learned at home through K through 12, and they all chose to go on to college and they've all graduated. And now I have grandchildren that are being homeschooled or doing alternative paths to public education. So yes, welcome. Um, I have, I just have always loved learning and sharing what I sharing what I learned, and have been involved with teaching and learning. I've taught everything from financial literacy to childbirth education classes, to cooking, to algebra. And by the sixth child, I was starting to finally get algebra. It took that long. But uh, anyway, that's one of the blessings of homeschooling is that you learn right along with the kids. So um, also, before I introduce our special guests, I did want to mention, as I was reaching out about um, people that just work, bring outside in and get kids from inside out. Um, I, Since I am here in Illinois, I looked up um, Illinois Forest Schools. And Kristen, if you don't would put that link out, please. Um, yes, there is a large organization of forest schools here in Illinois. So wherever you are, if you're interested, just Google, I don't know, if you're in Mississippi, forest schools in Mississippi. Um, as I was looking around, um, the the forest school, folks from forest schools contacted me back, and they were talking about the fact that, um, what, how did they refer to them? Nature preschools are illegal in most states, yes. And if you see the Natural Start Alliance is working to try to get these um, nature preschools made legal, I guess it's because of all the regulations. You know, a child might trip over a pine cone and skin their knee, and then woe betide those people trying to run that school. So anyway, There, that link is up if you want to check on that and be part of the people trying to push back again to allow our children to learn outside. So, um, with no further ado, I want to introduce our guest speaker, Ginny, and I forgot to ask Ginny, is it Yurik or Yurich?
2: It is your itch. I should have You're- told you. I should I should prep people because it is always a question. It's your oh, itch.
1: Yeah. And I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you, Liz. Well, let me just give you give your bio so everybody knows who you are. So you are live in Michigan, a homeschooling mom of 5 and the founder of the 1000 hours outside project. Um, It's a global movement, media company, and lifestyle brand meant to bring back balance between virtual life and real life. Good for you. Um, You're a thought leader in the world of nature-based play and its benefits for children, and one of your top priorities is to invest in spending time in God's creation with children, with your children, and inspire parents so to do. Um, your A Thousand Hours Outside Challenge spans the globe and many people from all walks of life look to you for inspiration as well as practical tips on how to pry those children away from their screens and get outside. You have a BS in mathematics and a master's degree in education from the University of Michigan. Michigan. She loves growing zinnias and is also an author and illustrator, multi-talented. Her most recent book, A Thousand Hours Outside Activities to Match Screen Time with Green Time was published in December 22, 2022, and Jeannie's also published three self-published books um, and has a children's book, Little Farmhouse in West Virginia. Her newest book is coming out, and it sounds so good. It's called Until the Streetlights Come On, and it launches in November 2023. So without further ado, Ginny, will let you carry on. I've got a few questions to ask you, but carry on and help us know <laughs> well, how Thank to you. Thanks on. for having me, Liz. I feel like we
2: should be friends.
1: And oh, I yes. was
2: curious if when you were homeschooling in the 80s,
1: if you were homeschooling in Michigan. No, we weren't because it was one of the worst states i lived in colorado for many decades and have only okay. recently moved back because to i Midwest. did know
2: that in the 80s it was illegal to homeschool in michigan and mm-hmm. there were many brave families that came before us that fought the good yes. fight that they were in legislative battles i think mm-hmm. for a decade for yes. a very long time this family the mm-hmm. DeYoung young family and there were some other ones who came along and fought for our freedoms and we are so grateful as a family homeschooling is the best decision that we've ever made children thrive at home mothers thrive at home in the homeschool environment i loved when you were talking about how you taught all these different things you taught mm-hmm. algebra you taught financial classes you taught cooking you taught childbirth it's because when you homeschool alongside your children, it adds so much to your life too. Yes. And so I just think that's such mm. an important piece. I think that mothers are often scared that they're going yeah. to lose themselves, but you gain so much. I could never have mm. imagined that I would be here sitting in this webinar with you 10 years ago, but yeah, there's so many doors open, so many things happen, and they happen right alongside your kids. It gives them a chance to see adult work and for them mm-hmm. to see your path, to be a part yes. of that. And mm-hmm. so there are so many benefits. So I'm thankful to be here, and I feel like we would all just be great friends, wouldn't we, Liz and
1: Allie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Kristen, <laughs> yes. So, oh, and Kristen. I, can people see
2: Kristen? I don't know if people can see Kristen. Kristen's yeah, doing all this cool she's... typing behind the background. I yeah. didn't she know. She girl. She's Our assistant.
0: Yeah, she <laughs> does great <laughs> work. We're happy to have her. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and have Kristen. Me, I'm so excited to hear all of the wonderful things that you're doing um, so that we can encourage families to, you know, make the best decision that they can, especially when it comes to homeschool. You do learn a lot. Um, I did homeschool for a little while and we're thinking about going back to it because my kids come home from their school every day and they're like, mom, I just want to homeschool. Can we just homeschool? And, you know, when you (laughs) first do start out as a first mom, so we have two different kinds of moms here. We have a mom that has been in Liz. She's been, you know, homeschooling for years and years. And I've only been homeschooling for maybe three, (laughs) some, (laughs) maybe four off and on. And um, so I can remember when we first started, I was nervous. I didn't think I had all of you know those accolades that you hear yeah. um, from like other educators, who are, well, you're not a proper educator. You don't have a degree in this. You don't have a degree in that. So how can you possibly teach your kid everything that yeah. they need to learn? And then you hear all of the other things, like, "Well, your kids aren't socialized; they're not properly socialized." Well, if you look at what's going on in the classrooms right now, I don't think I really want them to be socialized with those kinds of children, um, and yes. and in those kinds of environments, and what's happening. So, um, but you do you do have that fear of, "Am I good enough? Mm-hmm, Am I yes. going to, you know, hurt my children with what mm-hmm. we're learning with the curriculum that I'm able to yeah. give them?" So,
2: and I um, think we're asking those questions to the wrong people. I think that right. we, we when you really take a step back and think about it, well how would a children thrive? I actually just read recently that the typical child in a public school classroom, they get 6 hours of one-on-one attention throughout a school year, 6 hours, because mm-hmm. there's so many children and there's so many things going on and so to get that actual one-on-one time with the adult. And so um you know, I'm not sure whatever your stance is, I'm not here to bash anything, but, yeah. but to be pro, to be pro what happens at home and to say that any parent can do it. In fact, there's a great research institute out there called the National Home Education Research Institute. And they say that homeschool kids score 25 to 30% better on academic testing regardless of mother's education level so even if the mother hasn't graduated high school herself you put that up against a child maybe whose parent has a phd but they're in the public school Mm -hmm. system and so it's not about i don't care about 30 percent better 25 i don't necessarily care about being better or worse but i care about explaining that your child will be fine and that you are Mm -hmm. the right choice if you are feeling nervous about it
1: Yes, thank you.
2: That's excellent. Thank you so much for that.
1: So uh, Jeannie, do you want to tell us a little bit about your family and what motivated you to start on this enormous
2: journey? Sure. So I thought I was going to be this amazing mother, and then I was not. And so I had grandiose plans for myself. I thought we were all going to be planned out and schedules. And we went off the rails right from the beginning. Our Mm -hmm. oldest son just ate all the time, basically. And he never slept, and he just nursed. And I was not prepared for Mm -hmm. the intensity of early motherhood. And then we have three that are pretty close in age, a 15-month gap and a 17 month gap and so i had three kids under three for a while and i tell you what i really struggled with it Mm -hmm. i didn't enjoy it and it was sad to me because i wanted to enjoy it but i was so overwhelmed with the intensity of needs and no one's ever happy and you feel like a failure and it doesn't ever end it goes through the night it goes Mm -hmm. through the weekend and it's constant and so when our kids were young, I was sort of trying to figure out what am I going to do with them. I had been a teacher up until that point. I taught high school math. And so my days were filled and I was pretty good at what I did. And then it just took a turn for the worst. (laughs) And so I was struggling really for years with trying to figure out what to do. And so I would enroll them in programs, which is kind of what everyone else was doing. And those were so much output. And I would go, you know, like you go to the library program, the library program's great. But when you're trying to drag three little kids and you got the book bag and the stroller, and the diaper and trying, bag. And the, yeah, and the and they've gone different size diapers, and they're crying, and this kid doesn't want to go, and that one doesn't want to listen, and they're fighting over the toys, and they won't do the craft. And then you leave, and it's like 11 a.m. You're like, I'm done here. You know? yeah. Well, where yeah. is a savior? I need a savior. You know, someone, someone come. To help. And you're just in you know, one and we had family that was willing to help. But we had clingy babies. So they don't they don't mm-hmm. want anybody but mom. So it was yeah. just some trying years. And I had this experience, you know, like, Liz, you were talking about, I don't know what your experience was, but something happens. And it changes your whole life course. So mm-hmm. one of the things I did was I went to mops mops is mothers of preschoolers. Yes. Same thing, just trying to find something to do. Usually they watch your kids. It's twice a month. My mm-hmm. kids always cried, they'd always bring my kids back but you're sitting at this table with these other moms and we knew that we were going to homeschool for two reasons at that point one was that the kindergarten day was so long it went from eight to four and we just felt like how can we be the biggest influence on our child if they're gone that much of the day and then also i had been in the high school hallways as a teacher and so i knew that we weren't going to go that route either so We knew that we were going to homeschool. And I had a friend at my MOPs table who also knew that they were going to homeschool, but her oldest son was a year older than ours. And so she started to research first. It was like advantage to me. So she came to MOPs one day and she said, Hey, she said, Charlotte Mason says that kids should be outside for four to six hours a day. And I just remember thinking that was so wild. I thought it was outlandish. I thought, what a silly idea. Who does anything for four to six hours? My kids will only play with Play-Doh for 10 minutes. They're not gonna be able to do something for four to six hours. And then it turned out, she didn't tell me this, but it turned out Charlotte Mason is from the 1800s. (laughs) which I didn't learn till way later. But then she said, well, will you try it with me? And I just thought this is going to crash and burn. This is going to be an awful experience. But when you're a young mom, you want to have Mm -hmm. friendships. And so Mm -hmm. I said, sure, I'll try it. And so this is over a decade ago in 2011 in in the fall in Michigan, which is a beautiful time of year. We met up at a park from nine in the morning till one in the afternoon. And she said, just bring a picnic and a picnic blanket. And I thought, well, what else, you know, balls and books and toys, you know, a water table, what else should we bring? And she said, nothing. And so I'm thinking this is gonna be so awful. And I show up at this park and it didn't even have a play structure. It was like grass, you know, grass and that's it. And a little creek that ran through. And what turned out to be is I always say it was the best day of my life because Mm -hmm. it was the first good day I had as a mom. And that day gave me hope that we could really thrive in the early childhood years, because what happened is the kids just played. And there was a couple toddlers and preschoolers running around. We each had a babe in arms. We got to finish some conversations. The the kids would come and get food when they were hungry. And then I don't even know what they did, but they played. And then at one o'clock we packed up to go home and they all fell asleep. So this was a miracle, right? Yes, I drove around, you know, they're sleeping. And I just finally had this glimpse of, wow, maybe this could look really different for us. And so we changed how we were doing early childhood. From that day on, we tried to incorporate these long periods of time outside. Charlotte Mason says, whenever the weather is tolerable, so that's different for Florida than it is for Michigan, than it is for Illinois, than it is for Louisiana, whenever the weather is tolerable. And so I did it just for myself, really for my own my own mental health and my own presence of mind. But what I noticed so quickly is that our kids were thriving. They're eating better. They're sleeping better. They're getting along better. They're not getting sick. They're, Mom, watch me. I'm going to do this. They're just thriving. And so this has been a decade plus long journey for me of learning that simple time outside time that you don't have to structure as a parent you just go it helps kids with their cognition it helps their emotional development it certainly helps their social development it helps them physically and for families that want this it helps them spiritually as well because if that's something you're looking for God's principles are displayed in his creation and so you get so much out of it And it's a low input type thing. And so I called it 1000 hours outside because I used to teach math and I had read a statistic that said kids were outside for four to seven minutes on average and on screens for four to seven hours on average a day so about bringing back balance it's based off of some pediatric occupational therapists who say the ideal is that kids are playing outside for three hours a day and that's for all ages including teens all the way through childhood three hours a day loosely based off of charlotte mason four to six hours whenever the weather is tolerable and That kids are on screens for about 1200 hours a year so trying to bring back balance call it 1000 hours outside because it's kind of catchy and over the course of a year we are actually keeping track of how much time we spend outside because this is giving our kids a well-rounded childhood and a foundation for which we can layer in all of the other things
1: yes oh wonderful What a
2: fantastic
0: uh, segue to that. I mean, that was amazing, Jenny. I'm just so blown away by your whole experience and the vulnerability that you're sharing and the honesty that you're sharing and the authenticity. Um, Mm -hmm. So many moms, I feel like, uh, can resonate with what you were feeling, uh, especially mm-hmm. some of our younger moms who don't have that village, who don't have you know other family members around that can express the true feelings of being a mother and what that mm-hmm. burden feels like when it comes to having multiple children under a certain age or even just multiple children in general. Yes. I have five um, and their range is from five all the way to 15. And so our younger three are really close in age. Um, just like yours. And so I can definitely I felt everything you said. So yes. I'm just glad that you're out here being a trailblazer and leading the way because I'm excited. I want to like jump in right now. Let's go 1000 hours.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell us how how would you get started with this? And especially how does an urban mom or a mom that's not outdoorsy? How would have- Well, I am
2: not outdoorsy. And I'll add so that my other two kids, if they ever listen to this, don't get left off. I do, we do have two more kids. So we have five, <laughs> similar to you, Allie, similar ages. Ours are six to 14. Our gaps got a little bit bigger each time because yes. it was tricky. And yeah. so the our oldest three are the closest together and then the gaps are a little bit bigger, but I'm not super outdoorsy at all. But what I know is that going outside it helps with my mood you know the mm-hmm. sunlight goes right to your brain and it helps your body release mm-hmm. serotonin mm-hmm. especially if you do that in the morning and then the serotonin and melatonin are are really closely linked so you have that good day outside you feel tired at night so this is really helpful for your homeschooling it's helpful for your eyesight it's helpful for all that physical development that mm-hmm. um you know the kids core strength they, they're having a hard time sitting at the desk it helps with their fine motor and their large motor so that they can have good writing posture and so all of this time outside in the complex movements that kids do that's increasing the the speed of their brains you know all this wiring and the myelination and so that's what kids do they do complex things and they continue to do that as they get older you know they'll start to ride a skateboard or they're going to go fishing they're going to mountain bike they're drawn to these things that drive their bodies forward and that helps with brain development so by knowing all of the different things that are happening outside i think it sort of takes away that excuse of I'm not an outdoorsy person. We all need this. We all need to go outside. You know, when you go outside, that's the only time that the ring around your eyeball, it's called the ciliary ring. It's the only time that that relaxes is when you step outside and you have a long field of vision. So we have kids and myopia, which is short-sightedness, is on the rise because kids never have a chance for those for that ring to relax it doesn't even relax when you're sleeping it only relaxes when you're outside and you have this long field of vision and so all of this stuff is happening when you step outside And you don't have to do anything special. You don't have to plan a scavenger hunt. You don't have to run a game of duck, duck, goose. You just have to go take your book. So even if you're not outdoorsy, I think being aware that we don't even realize all of the benefits, first of all. I mean, there's more and more that continue to come out. And if you live in an urban setting, and this is an interesting question because it gets brought up a lot, Mm -hmm. no matter where you live, there are pros and cons. So if you live in a neighborhood, for instance, you've got the pros of there being neighbor kids, which can also be a con, you know? (laughs) Uh, It depends on the kids, right? Or it depends on the situation. If you live in the city, then you are probably within walking distance of some very cool things. Walking distance Mm -hmm. of restaurants, museums, parks, playgrounds. My brother, I've got a brother that lives in Brooklyn. And so when we've gone to visit, I mean, he's got playgrounds in every corner. If you're out in the country, there's no playgrounds for you. You know, and there's probably no playmates either that are easy Mm -hmm. to, you know, you're going to have to make plans for that. So in each situation, there are pros and cons, but nature is everywhere. Scott Sampson wrote a book called um, how to raise a wild child. And he said nature is everywhere, thrusting up between the cracks and the sidewalks. And so you can find birds and nests and trees and all sorts of things, just looking at the sky, no matter where you live. And then, I think you go visit the other types of places. So, if you live in the country, go visit the city and go to your friend's neighborhood where all the kids are playing, and you'll get the benefits of all of those different environments
1: that's that's very encouraging for all of us wherever we live. So what does maybe a typical day for you and your your kiddos do going outside? Maybe there is no such thing as a typical day, but what can a mom do to step outside and stare at the, I don't know, stare at the grass or? um, (laughs) Sure, sure, stare at the grass. Well,
2: you could take your your morning work outside. So if you're a homeschool family Mm -hmm. that does maybe a morning basket time, a morning circle time, you certainly could take that outside when the weather is Mm -hmm. tolerable. You could take Mm -hmm. your breakfast outside. And what that's doing is that's getting that, that, morning light right up to your brain you take a walk of 15 minutes Mm -hmm. you know it's like wake up and move wake up and move that really gets your body set for the day there are 100 body systems that are dependent on the day and night cycle and so we really need to have that bright light in the morning which I think is something that homeschoolers may not know. A lot of times we try and get our work done by lunch, you yeah, know, because true. it doesn't take all day. You yeah. get your work done by lunch and then maybe we'll go to the park. But if you can get outside for 15 to 20 minutes in the morning, that's going to make everybody feel good. That's going to help reset everybody's systems. It's based on the amount of lux that comes into your eyes. So, lux is measured in candlelight. So, one mm-hmm. lux is one candlelight. And so, Uh, if you're inside, the Lux tends to be 300, 500. But when you go outside, even on a cloudy Mm -hmm. day, and we're in Michigan, so all winter, it is cloudy. You do not see the sun, it's cloudy, Mm -hmm. but you're jumping to 5,000, 8,000. You know, on a sunny day, it might be 50,000 Lux. And so that is really changing your whole body system. So we'll look like that for us. So we have a read aloud, we would go do that outside. We watch World Watch News, you know, we might Mm -hmm. take the lap out and do do that laptop out and do that together. If we can do schoolwork, if we could do breakfast. Um and then it looks like maybe your typical morning things the things that you need to get done if that's chores it's finishing schoolwork. and then we tend to meet up with friends a lot in the afternoons Mm -hmm. if it's nice out and our kids are older too we've got some that are in sports and other organized type programs and so we do that as well but this is the main thing about homeschooling is that you do have the time for it and i think that you probably would not as much in other situations there's some fabulous books by john taylor gatto who Mm. was a new york Mm -hmm. state teacher of the year he has since passed on but he has some fabulous books and in his books he talks about how that there is abundant resources and research that show that it only takes kids 50 hours to reach what he calls functional literacy, so that they have reached the point where they can read, write and do math well enough that they could learn anything they ever wanted to learn. And so I think that there is a lot of time, there should be a lot of time in childhood for kids to play, for them to roll around, that's helping them develop what's called their vestibular sense, So the vestibular sense, it comes from the word vestibule, which is like the gateway to the brain. And this is a foundational sense. If this vestibular sense is off, all the other ones, they don't form as well. And so the way that you activate the vestibular sense is by getting your head out of an upright position. So just think about kids. I mean, this is just like what they do all the time. They're swinging and throwing their heads back and they're rolling down the hill and their cartwheels and wheelbarrows. And I mean, when we were kids, we didn't even walk down the stairs. We go head first on our hands every time, you know, feet thumping down behind. And, and that's helping to wake up their brain. And that's really a special thing that happens in childhood before you hit puberty, because it has to do with the fluid in the ears. And then that fluid Mm -hmm. in the ears thickens once you hit puberty, and that leads to what motion sickness and that type of thing. And so we have these Mm -hmm. periods of time where kids are supposed to move in all sorts of ways and spin and roll, and they do that without us pushing them to do it. It's their natural inclination toward growth. And so we just wanna have time for all of that. And that is, I think one of the biggest blessings of homeschooling is the time that we have.
1: Yes, oh, you just need to move Next door, you <laughs> would just be a delight. Um, you
0: are such a wealth of knowledge, Miss Jenny. Yes, oh, I it's was so, so impressed interesting. With all of like the medical stuff that you're talking yes. about, all of the body functions that you're talking about, I'm learning a lot of the things that are new um, that I didn't really know about. I mean, I've yes. heard, but I didn't really put the connections together. I think this is really great. And I I, I can assume that all of our participants today are really gaining some really great knowledge. Oh, from yes, today. this Thank is
1: you. excellent. And, you know, there's so much being written on the war on boys. Boys are not, um, they're not built to sit in a a chair and listen for hours on end. And I remember reading an article saying, you know, Kit Carson, Daniel Boone, all these people, they were in their teens. The Pony Express writers were in their teens. They were out doing these great things. And so now we just have boys sitting in front of video games, which is a very poor substitute. Mm-hmm. So it sure that, is. It all plays into what you're saying. And of course, girls too. It just they both need to be outside and mm-hmm. and doing and climbing and
2: mm-hmm.
1: all this. Yeah, early
2: childhood is meant for all of that. And I had on one of an influential book that I read is called Smart Moves by Dr. Mm. Carla Hannaford. The subtitle is, Why Learning is Not All in Your Head. And she has this fabulous statistic in there. She says, elderly people who dance regularly have a 76% less chance of developing Alzheimer's or dementia. And what she's talking about in that book is that when we move our bodies, that enhances and protects the way that our brains function. And when you Mm -hmm. dance, that's complex movement, right? And so this is what kids do. They climb up on the little log, then they start to climb the tree, you know, and then they're jumping and landing off of high surfaces. Well, that's helping with their skeletal system. There's a woman named katie bowman she says that osteoporosis is a childhood disease that shows up in adulthood that's what she says and she's a biomechanist she has all sorts of books about it but that kids are supposed to be doing all these movements jumping and landing and carla hannaford who is this phd and she's in her 80s now she didn't learn to read until she was 10. and she talked about that and she says back then it was not a big deal and It was because childhood was this sacred time where we respected their biological drives to play and create and to be imaginative. And what's happening during those times is they are learning all of their social skills as well. You know, I know you brought that up earlier, Allie, about the socialization and I taught high school. And so I know that there were weird 12th graders, you know, that they had gone through all the way for 13 years and they were strange. They had a hard time finding friends. Well, then I would meet their parents, right? You know, so and you (laughs) like you put two and two together at the conferences. And so there's a difference, I think, between your personality, maybe that you're born with, your family, sort of genetically, it's quirky. Let's be quirky. It's fun, be who you are. But social skills we teach. We teach our kids not to talk too much. We teach our kids, you know, to ping pong the conversation. We teach Mm -hmm. our kids And, and in these situations where they're outside playing then they are having to negotiate and compromise and be assertive but not too assertive (laughs) because then the other kid's going to quit and they're intrinsically motivated because they want to play and so so much is happening in those early years that we can't discount its importance
1: yes thank you so so important and and yeah we could talk on and on about how there's a rise in depression, suicide, mm. terrible, terrible things um, yeah. happening.
2: It is uh, true.
1: Yes. Um, I know our kids, well, we lived in Colorado, so they were outside a lot climbing around and and now there's so much restriction. I mean, you don't dare send a child out to, to park by themselves anymore. And mm-hmm. We could go on about that one too. Yeah. So. It's...
2: There are some good books about that. Lenore Skenazy has a book yes. called Free Range Kids, yes. and that's a great book. But you know, I used to think, Liz, this was my thought for a long time. I used to sort of be jealous. I, when I was growing up, the the mom across the street would lock her kids out all summer, <laughs> and they would just play. They'd run the neighborhood, and yeah. it was fun. You know, she they had four kids. So they all played together, and I sometimes I would be jealous. I would think, well, goodness, my house would be a lot cleaner if that's how culture still mm. was. But. I think that we need it now as parents more than ever before and so it's actually turned out to be a gift what i used to resent now i'm very thankful for because you know we have to make plans and we have to call other moms and call other families and meet up at the Mm -hmm. park it's a little bit more work Mm -hmm. but my life sure has been enhanced and now i have deep friendships alongside of the friendships that my kids have too so there's some pros to it that's for sure
1: yes yes so you are just a fountain of information um can you share with our moms how are you managing you have your five children and you're doing the thousand hours outside project and how do you how do you manage both how do you manage homeschooling plus this great other project that you have going uh, Please well you enlighten know is, us. i've been
2: right i've been writing for over a decade and i think that That's a common thing that you hear when something feels like it's blown up or it seems to have come out of nowhere. Usually it has not. And so I've been writing for a decade. I think that, you know, little by little things grow and I'm Mm -hmm. a big proponent of living fully today. And that's sort of what prepares us for tomorrow. And so that's how we live. What can we do today? We've got, you know, some schoolwork to do. We've got some friends to see. If I can put up a social media post, if I can make a little video, if I can hop on with the Moms for America (laughs) webinar, you know, then you pop on and you do those things. And little by little, things grow and I think that the only key is to not
1: quit yes Um, did you have any fear or anything that you had to overcome any oh yeah I'm afraid of everything
2: Are you kidding me? Yes, all the time. In fact, I just did a a podcast episode with the Navy SEAL and it was a cool opportunity because he was a Navy SEAL for 20 years. Then he became this New York Times bestseller. He's got this books and he's got a television series with Chris Pratt and somehow I got to do a podcast interview with him and I was so nervous both to do it and to post it. People are gonna (laughs) think this is silly. I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm going to speak at different conferences. Absolutely, but, I believe that we should model bravery for our kids because how can we expect them to be brave? That's what I used to think. I'm asking my kids to do these things and they seem small to me, but they're big to them. So I'm asking mm-hmm. them to do new experiences, to reach out and make friendships. Well, I gotta do it too then. And it helps me to be more empathetic, but it also is showing them that this is what people do.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, success
0: so is on the other side of fear, right? And God calls us yes. out of fear to to mm-hmm. to operate and to be comfortable in the uncomfortability, right? Like yes. He called Abraham out when he was ninety-eight yeah. years old. Can you imagine mm-hmm. being ninety-eight years old? You're stuck in your house. You're in with your family, and God is telling you to leave your family and leave leave your your city. Like what? What are you supposed to do with that? But uh, you know, it, that's something that I think all of us. Um, need to get a little more comfortable in doing, and, yes. and as adults, we are like you said, we are supposed to be that example to our children. And so, yes, while you are afraid of doing those things, you're overcoming your fear, and that tells and shows your children that you know they can overcome adversity as well and have the audacity to live their true lives, like live the mm-hmm. life that they you know feel is meant for them. And I, I think that is so great that you touched on that. Thank you so mm. much for that. Ellie, that's it.
2: interesting. I was talking to someone recently because they felt like there is sometimes this message that you should be guided by peace. And certainly there's the verses that talk about the peace of God. But when you look at these stories in the Bible, they're terrifying. You're talking about the Goli- the giant Goliath and there's Daniel yep. and the lion's den and the fiery furnace. And these are terrifying yep. stories where I'm sure mm-hmm. that maybe they felt peace because they felt like this is what. God had called them to do but at the same time there has there had got to have been a lot of fear even just the fear of ridicule you talk about Noah's building this yes. ark and it had literally never rained you know there's yep. fear of ridicule there and so that's what I see in the Bible is I see these stories that they that are way scarier mm-hmm. than the things that I'm doing um, but they did them anyway and then that's where God shows up
0: yeah, yeah. And the peace is in the knowing that everything is going to work out, right? That God has you, that he has you in the palm of his hand and that no matter what comes your way, it's for you. It's for your good uh, in order to either teach you a lesson or help you overcome something or to propel you forward or to close a door that, you know, you're not meant to walk through for protection. It mm-hmm. It is the peace you have. You find the peace in knowing that you are protected at all times by God, but there is fear for sure. For sure. Yes. For so many different things, but You know, that's, that's really good. Interesting point. Thank you.
1: Yes. And there's the story of Esther, who, if you walk into the king unannounced off with your head, but as Mordecai said, who knows, but what you are here for such a time as this. So you do see that what's happening
2: so often is that they are saving people. That's what Moses is doing. That's what Esther is doing is saving a Mm -hmm. group of people. That's what Noah is doing is saving the human Mm -hmm. race. And so a lot of times that's the thread and the fear comes with this huge mission.
1: Yes.
2: And fear is in the flesh
0: for sure. Fear is definitely in the flesh. So you want to be able to overcome that and teaching your kids how to do that is great. And getting them Mm -hmm. outside in God's nature. I mean, that helps propel that and expel that. So it's it's perfect. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I love this.
1: Mm -hmm. This is wonderful. Um, So anything else that you can share anything that would be Helpful and then we want to have time for Q&A. Let me grab one more because you
2: know I talk to different audiences and if this is an Mm -hmm. audience where you have Christian moms God has given us this gift where he has displayed his spiritual laws in creation And so for example, you have things that might be hard to explain to a young child Like you are a new creature in Christ. The old has gone the new has come and yet he gave us butterflies and so you Mm -hmm. can actually have little monarch caterpillars in your home and they form a chrysalis and they turn from this green and yellow caterpillar into this beautiful emerald green with gold dots chrysalis and it turns hard and you can hang them around your house and in just a couple weeks it It turns black and then the outer part becomes translucent and you can see the wings through there and then it hatches and your kids who are one two three seven nine years old Mm -hmm. can see that what was once green and yellow and crawled with all these legs now is orange and black with wings and it tastes with its feet and it has this long proboscis. I mean, what in the world? You know, the old has gone, the new has come. You know, it says consider the lilies of the field. But how can we consider the lilies of the field if we're not outside? And so all of these lessons about reaping and sowing and planting the seeds and the good soil, Mm -hmm. all of that is there for our kids to learn in a hands-on way. And so I do believe that this four to seven minutes is affecting mental health, like you said, Liz, depression, all of
1: that. Mm-hmm. But
2: I do think it's affecting the spiritual health of our children as well.
1: Yes, thank you. That and is
2: fabulous. Absolutely.
1: Yes. And you just become disconnected from mm-hmm. from from nature. Um, and whether you're Christian or whatever, nature is a powerful force that we, right. I sure I is. we disconnect from at our own peril. So, it's true. Wait, hey, why don't you
0: tell us a couple of the conferences that you're doing? You mentioned yes, that earlier. Sure. What conference are you going to? the sure. so, yes, itself and what you're going to talk about.
2: Oh, that's so cool. So the conference season is winding down. We have two left. So we are coming to Orlando, Florida. We're coming to you, Allie. We're coming yeah. to Orlando, Florida for the FPEA convention. Actually, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it is May 18th to nope, it's not May 18th to 20th, cause that's already passed. It's Memorial Day mm-hmm. weekend. So whatever the dates are this Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday, you can still get tickets at the door. It is the largest homeschool convention in the country. I'm speaking <laughs> seven times there and also doing the kickoff keynote on Friday morning. And I'm talking about what to do when you don't know what to do. It's gonna be an awesome one. It's, you're gonna <sighs> laugh, you're gonna cry. I just finished up a closing video for that last night. So we'll be down in Orlando, Florida at the beautiful Rosen Shingle Creek. Resort. I mean, this is a convention. It is beautiful there, wow. great for a holiday weekend. So families should come. There is nothing like it. And then we go from there the following weekend to Houston, Texas for the THSC, the Texas Homeschool Coalition Conference, THSC. And we are so excited to be at that one. I'm also keynoting there with Dr. Ben Carson and they had Lee Strobel at the last one. So they've got a fantastic lineup of speakers there as well. And that will end it for us for this spring. Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness, that
0: is absolutely amazing. I'm so yeah. excited for you. I will be praying for you and everyone yeah, else. i yes. so jealous. I have FOMO big time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not able yes. to attend this one, but I really um, wish I could. Um, it yeah. sounds really incredible, and I cannot wait. Are you going to be able to post? your uh segment or your keynote yes yes the fear of missing
2: well you know no i don't usually do that maybe i'll post some clips though so we're working on that and but you know you come in person and there is nothing like it that buzz of all the other people that Mm -hmm. have a similar worldview to you that that we have what it takes to educate our children and to get them to where they need to be, no matter what our background, no matter what our educational status, that we have what it takes, and that families thrive when they home educate together.
1: Yes, they they definitely do. Um, Yes, I remember as we, you know, obviously started out so many years ago, there was almost nothing. Mm -hmm. And then it grew a little by little. And now in Denver, they use the the giant merchandise mart or whatever for their um, homeschool convention. It's just glorious. Um, So let's open it up for questions. Moms, if you have any questions from this dynamite lady, please speak up, put them in the chat or come off mute and ask away. Don't let us have all the fun.
0: Oh, for sure. We'd love to hear from, from our participants. We got 10 of them on today, aside from, well, including us four. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: so Tara, I see you got on. Um, yeah. Anybody that's on, maybe everybody's outside.
2: I don't have any questions, but I want to say, thank you so much. My, um, my children, my oldest, um, is already graduated, but the three boys are the ones that um, need to get outside more, actually myself as well. So even the scientific reasons that you gave, oh my goodness, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. And I can't wait to share this with the rest of, I'm in Illinois, so I'm gonna share it with the rest of Illinois, (laughs) so thank you. You're so welcome. We have uh, what we have actually, Liz and Allie. I'm not not sure if you've ever seen them and I should have it here, but I don't. We have actual tracker sheets on our website. So they're designed by the 1000 Hours Outside community. And one of them looks like a tree stump and they've got all these different designs. I'm looking around like I'm going to find one, but I don't think I am. And (laughs) and we actually color in every hour that we're outside. And what it does is it gives us something to celebrate, you know, every hundred hours, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're sort of seeing what we're doing, but then it's also a tool in the toolbox for our kids mm-hmm. because they have a lot to battle. These screens are very addictive. We mm-hmm. didn't have them when we were kids. So they're up against a lot. And so it's a tool for them And it reminds them that real life is something to be celebrated. It's worth pursuing and putting Mm -hmm. your time toward because they don't have any of that analog childhood to remember you know they've grown up when screens have been available the entire time you can always stream on youtube you can always get on netflix i grew up when on sunday there was no television except for wwf you know and i didn't like that there was nothing to watch so they don't have that experience and i think it's up to us to be the ones that make sure that they have some of these expansive hands-on times and that we celebrate and
1: talk about why it's important. Yes. Thank you. And time to just do nothing. Mm-hmm. Kids do not have that these days. I know I well, teach piano. Like
0: creativity. Yes. And them think through things. Yes. Be connected with who they are um, as mm-hmm. themselves and they're not mm-hmm. listening to the outside world. So that is very important too. being out in nature. It definitely helps with that.
1: Yes. And even to be, well, I don't believe in being bored, but just having, well, what do I do? Well, I got to think of mm-hmm. something. And mm-hmm. that, that builds yeah, that, that, that self
2: reliance, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's in the Bible too. Like, if you want to yes. talk about spiritual things, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, and <laughs> consider her ways and be wise. And she has yeah. no chief or overseer or ruler, mm-hmm. and yet she gathers her food in the summer. So, just this thought of being able to direct our own time, and yes. you can only do
1: that if you have some of your own time to direct. Mm-hmm. Yes, and if you don't, but then you, you grow up to be that kind of person that needs to be led around by the nose all the time.
0: And that's um, not a good place to be. You want to be able to be a leader, not not necessarily a follower all the time. Um, yes. <laughs> I do have a question. I want you to share one of your most memorable moments as a homeschool mom. Mm.
2: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, So when we first started homeschooling, I was planning to be very much a director and a check-the-box type homeschool Mm -hmm. mom because i had been a teacher and i knew where to find the content standards and so what ended up happening though and this is i think sometimes what happens in life is that things are birthed out of your failures we had too many kids (laughs) by the time our oldest was five and kindergarten age to really be that type of a homeschool family and so i just diverted to some other philosophies which i was nervous about you know in the waldorf schools they don't start reading until age seven They wait until the Mm -hmm. eyes are fully formed and the ears are Mm -hmm. fully formed. And then they tell Mm -hmm. these really cool stories about the way that the letters sound. And the same thing in Finland. They don't start their academic reading skills until seven or eight. And Mm -hmm. so I hopped on that bandwagon, but I was nervous. And so we had these couple years where all of our other friends that we knew, their their kids were doing uh-huh. yep. work and worksheets and seat work, mm-hmm. and we weren't. We were playing and we were reading and we were going to these to the library and we were cooking and doing all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so I, I have this distinct memory actually in Florida, Allie, when we actually finally sat down to read, we did this teacher child to read in 100 easy lessons and our oldest son learned to read kind of like that john Taylor Gatto talked about, I added up one time, I think he learned to read in less than 10 hours. Over the course of a couple months, he went from being completely illiterate to reading chapter books. In just a course of a couple months, it was about 10 hours of instruction. And then we went down to Florida a couple months later, because you know, in Michigan, it gets awful here in the winter. And So sometimes we flee to Florida and we were down in Florida and there was this nature center that we went to visit and the workers, one of the workers was talking about watching out for a certain type of snake. It's nesting over on this side of the building. Anyway, I'd never heard of that type of snake before, but my son started spouting off all these types of facts about that snake turned out he was right. He like knew its habitat and how fast and what does it eat and all of these different things. And so then I thought, well, how does he know that? So I asked him and he said, I read it. And it was my, it was my (laughs) first experience where I thought, well, this is working like this is fine. And he is going to excel far beyond what. I could even give him as input because he has interest and kids are biologically programmed to grow and to learn without us having to push as long as we give them the time and space to do it.
1: Yes, Our, well, we have five daughters and one son and he was the youngest and he did not want to learn to read. He'd love to be read too. he loved to listen to audiobooks. But he was literally nine before he really started to read. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, this is the one it's not going to work for. This is the Mm -hmm. one. But he now loves to read. And it's just. Yeah.
2: And it doesn't matter. They say it has no bearing on the rest of your life, whether you learn to read at three or 12 it doesn't matter. Yes. It does matter if you end up with a stigma, though. Like if you get put in remedial class and yes. you, for your rest of your life, mm-hmm. feel that you're not smart. Yes. I think that's what tends to be what happens
0: in in the public arena, um, oh, yeah. because they have so much based on these standardized testing and based on it, a lot of the achievements are, are linked to financial gains for the for the district or for the school or for the teacher that they're they're pounding that children need to learn how to read coming out of kindergarten or even going yeah, into yeah. kindergarten. And yes. it's just the preschoolers are just not ready, really. They yeah. they don't have that, that mental comprehension to really sit down and, and read something and understand it. So they struggle. And then if they're put into remedial like reading or even mm-hmm. remedial math, like you feel like you're being told that you're not smart and that stays with you throughout your entire, you know, <laughs> education. Really, career.
2: sometimes throughout your life. How many oh, adults yes. have you met? How yes. many adults have you met that said, I'm not good at math. Right. That, that yep. stems from way back when. And so sometimes mm-hmm. that lasts forever.
0: That's really good.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> it's true. Do you
0: have another question to ask her before um, I ask
1: her? Mine. No, I will. I could just sit and chat with you all day, I feel, too, I feel the same. Um, let's see. Um, have you had any rebellion in the ranks from with your kids? Like, no, oh, I don't want to go up.
2: I mean, you know, they don't want to do. Kids don't typically want to do what you want them to do, but <laughs> you know, you you have to understand what motivates the child and so for us people actually ask this question a lot Liz it's a good question what do you do if your kid doesn't want to go that's what they ask Mm -hmm. and so my answer is a simple one but it may not be easy to implement invite friends that's it that's the game changer. Mm-hmm. My kids don't wanna go outside on their own, but if there are friends there, they're gonna go every single time. They're gonna shoot baskets. They're gonna play on the playground. They're gonna sit at the picnic table and talk all the way through their teen years. They wanna go if there's friends and bring some good food, you know, that's like insane, have yeah. that be your special snack. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's what you need. And my kids will go anytime, every time, as long as we invite friends. So that's some work on my part but also this is helping us create a really solid network of community, which I think is a special thing about homeschooling too, is that when kids are in a public school and maybe they get really close, a lot of times they get separated the next year because the teachers don't want them Mm -hmm. to disrupt the classroom. I hear that time and again, but our kids have friends that they've had since they were born and that they Mm -hmm. have relationship with the whole family. And you wanna talk about that, Dr. Peter Gray, he has a book called Free to Learn where he really touts the benefits of multi-age. There has to be multi-age experiences in childhood. Mm -hmm. That's actually one of the ways that kids self-educate when they're with kids that are older and younger than, than they are. And so that's another benefit of playing outside. And sometimes even a kid, maybe you've got a kid that Hasn't developed as quickly, or a kid that struggles, maybe they're a little less athletic, but there's someone younger that they can play with, and you know, mm-hmm. the same. It just hits all that strata of development, and is so good for kids to have those multi-age experiences.
1: Yes, I agree, hundred um, percent. What what question do you think do you get asked the most? Would you? Are you say? ready for it? Uh, Are you yeah. ready for it? Here we go. Okay, here you're we- gonna have to give me what you
2: think your answer is before I tell you what my answer is. So the question that we get asked the most, and this is by far the most the most common question is, does sleeping in a tent count for outside hours?
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. So you're gonna have to weigh in.
2: We don't have any official rules, but I'll give you my opinion.
1: Yeah, um, let's see the sleeping in a tent.
2: Wow. Well, you got to eventually get out of your tent. So yeah,
0: I mean, yes. yeah, I think. (laughs)
2: we don't we don't count it because you're sleeping so um, we say we say nature above and nature below and so Mm -hmm. that would include a cave then right because that's another question that we get but then people will say i mean these are the questions this is what my life has become if we're driving in a car and all the windows are down does that count as being outside what if we're in a convertible what if we're on the bus heading to the zoo can i count that time what if i'm in a garage but the garage door is open so we say nature above and nature below <laughs> no. No. But truly, there's no, no official rules, and if that helps, you know if that helps a person to get on board and gives them some encouragement. Then count count it all. We don't we don't care. Yes, yes. <laughs> so
1: oh my goodness.
0: Okay, yeah. so what is your? Do you have like a call to action? Do you have one last piece of advice? Yes. And then we'd love for you to share how we. Yeah. Can so join. You.
2: Join <laughs> 1,000. This is this is a movement. It is a global movement. Family. Mm-hmm. These are doing it across the world and truly it's all t- types of families. So if you're listening and you're a homeschool family, there's homeschool families doing 1000 hours outside, but there are also mm-hmm. families where both parents work, where there's a single mother, there's all, there's grandparents that are doing it. that have no kids at home. There are dogs that are doing 1000 hours outside. So it can be anything across the gamut. You'd start any day that you want and you are aiming in the course of a calendar year to get outside for 1000 hours. And here is the thing even if you fail you win
0: Mm, even if
2: you fail because let's say you go outside for 314 hours that is 314 hours of connection of sunlight of memories of enhancing your life that you might not have gotten otherwise and so you can download one of those tracker sheets we also have a top ranked app that costs less than a coffee it's called the 1000 hours outside app it's on android and iphone and you can it's just got a timer feature and it gives you badges and a little journal so you can be like this is what we did today it's it's a fun little app and so it's it's been the top lifestyle app on all of apple apps and it's been the top paid app of all paid apps on Apple apps. So it's a great app if people like that way. And it's fun to sort of track your progress. So you can join anytime, doesn't have to be January 1st. It can be today and you're aiming to get outside and it will fill your life. It is a simple premise, but it has a profound impact. Just being intentional about getting outside, staying a little bit longer and filling your life with hands on moments.
1: Yes, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Fabulous.
0: Uh, Absolutely fabulous. I yes. love your passion. I love everything you've said today. I'm just yes. so thrilled that we were able to have you on. Yes. And I Thank do want to become friends. Yes, <laughs> we are friends.
2: Again. We're friends. Yes. I'm coming to Honeymoon Island State Park. We're going to yes, convince your husband Let to me meet up. We'll we're going to the beach. Yes.
0: Yep. Oh, Let yes. me know when you're coming. We'll meet our kids together. That'll be so That'll awesome. Be so.
2: Yes. Wait. Ten kids at the beach. It'll be perfect.
1: Oh, gosh. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's uh, Excellent. Absolutely delightful. Thank you so I'm much. Joining. I'm
0: downloading it right now. I'm joining.
1: <laughs> Please everyone go
0: to a thousand hours, download the app, talk to Jenny, get in touch with her. However you can join yes. the movement of getting your kids outside for a thousand hours. Even if you are just getting outside for a thousand hours, you heard yes. all of the information here today. You heard all mm. of the science behind it. It will increase your life. Not just, you know, mentally emotionally physically but also spiritually too so this has been absolutely fantastic i yes. want to bring you on way more
2: <laughs> yes well thank yes. you thank you liz and oh. Allie and kristen for what you're doing to empower mothers it's so important and i really appreciate mm. the
1: opportunity I'm honored to be here oh
0: congratulations on all of your accomplishments you are yes oh, thank
1: you. many many more to you many oh, more thank you all right
0: Okay. okay, well, thank you everyone for joining yes. us today on, yes. Moms, on um, Moms for America's homeschool mom to mom connection. Right. Webinar. We are so glad that you were able to spend your Monday afternoon with us. Thank you again, everyone, so much for joining. Yes, we will see yes. and
1: great. Right. <laughs> and if you have ideas, send them along, send them to Allie or to me or to. So thank you all. Bye. Bye.